Welcome, everybody, to the Bangers and Classics podcast uh, with me, uh, James Rupper, and him, uh, David Malloy. Um, David, what have you been up to? Oh, various things, James. I've been yep. wor- working on the new book. Well, this week's also been a week for cars. The Jeep needs a new clutch, and I had to get the other car serviced and MOT'd. Well, let's just say it wasn't cheap. And I saw the EV, that other money yeah. pit that we've got as well. Yeah. Um, which is coming along very, very nicely indeed. I look forward to sharing some pictures of that when it's uh, under its own power in the spring. Excellent. Well, I think, David, if we weren't spending um, a futile amounts of money on uh, uh, things, um, we would be letting our listeners down. I, I think it's all part of the uh, it's, it's all part of the fun of um, having objects around. So, uh, absolutely, send money in so we can spend some more. Absolutely, please do. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be really good, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, before I turn over the airwaves to you and your adults mm. at times. All right. I was yeah. going to talk about car spots. Again, yeah. I've drawn pretty much a blank this week. An interesting car did pass me on the motorway, or the Joe Carriageway rather, yesterday. It was a Morgan, but unfortunately, it was mm. a late model Morgan. It was a 2019 one. Yeah. Um, still looked very nice and very interesting. And that's it. Mm. I've not seen anything else of note. All the classic cars have been shoved away for the winter up here. I think you might be right on that uh, front, David, because uh, I, I mean, it's only been me, you know, um, spreading the joy, really, by uh, taking my cars out um, and letting people see them, because uh, I haven't seen very much at all. Um, I did see uh, quite a nice Golf GTI, um, which was working very hard for a living. It was a G-plate, it was a four-door, it was an eight-valve, um, it had a child seat in the back, had a tow bar, um, had a determined looking um, mid-30s woman uh, driving it and so it's obviously a used a used car lots of stickers on it as well um, unfortunately not a bangers and classic sticker but it would have been improved no end by that uh, but apart from that no i haven't seen very much at all and actually the uh, lorry um, uh, despite having uh, a battery that was brand new in january battery is really struggling um uh, i've not been able to start it and then i use my starter pack thing and it started and so i moved it um but it's been on charge for you know good a good 24 hours but it's not up to um speed so i think i'm gonna have to find uh, the company i bought it from and uh, post it back to them or something mm. so uh, uh, that's not very good. That's that. It's basically the worst battery I've ever had because usually batteries last me five to seven years, even in the mm. even in so, the lorry. Um, any news this week, Mister Buffett? What we should mention um, is coming up on the twenty sixth of this month um, uh, is the is the annual um, High Kenny's Car of the Year. I was going to say Car of the Year show, but uh, it's the Car of the Year uh, competition um, show, which is um, a friend friend of the show, uh, Kenny. Um, does sterling work where he he, he goes to shows that um, most people don't go to because they're near to him. Uh, they're in you know, the north um, of this great country, and uh, he goes to and, and he sees some fantastic cars. But uh, uh, if you don't follow uh, Kenny, he's high Kenny's on Twitter. He's worth doing because um, basically they're the funniest tweets uh, going. He's much funnier than uh, anything David or I sort of tweet. But um, yeah, uh, you, you know, you get you get a picture at a car show um, and an amusing comment about a car. Uh, but what Kenny does at the uh, end of the year, he's been doing it for quite a few years now, um, is he uh, puts together uh, a top 10 and uh, you can vote for them on uh, the uh, TwitFace app. Um, and if you retweet it, it's uh, two points. And if you uh, like it, it's a, it's a point. Um, and you end up with a winner after two days. So I, I think that's Friday. Is that uh, Friday after next? Uh, yeah, two weeks I, I, time, two weeks. Yeah. So, so we'd like to give you, yeah, yeah, we'd like to give you plenty of notice because 
uh, when we do these podcasts, it's sort of somewhere in the middle of that. So, um, mm. you know, if, if we did it on the day, it wouldn't be correct. Um, uh, we'd be talking to ourselves about it. Mm. Uh, but this is but this is worth your time and effort. It's uh, something that David and I should do if we cared, really. Um, but, but you know, Kenny, you know, goes to a lot of time and expense and uh, uh, puts it all together. And it's worth participating because uh, he finds some cars which you just don't see there are i think there's certain cars on the circuit in certain areas which you'll see all the time whereas um he sees quite unusual stuff um and so it's good to uh, vote for your favorite and mm. uh, it's always interesting to see which which car turns out to be the most popular yeah absolutely so just a reminder it is mm. the 26th of november i said a fortnight yeah. it's a fortnight from the date of recording this yeah it'll be eight days after the date this originally goes live and mm. definitely mark your diary for that one Mark it in your market in your calendar. Right? Yeah, I'll be there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, virtual James. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I mean um, what I'm always very very pleased about is that it is a proper car of the year show because um, I get very annoyed when they uh, nominate a car of the year or, or, or they say this is you know the car of the year, European car of the year, and nobody nobody could have bought it, nobody could have driven it. I mean, it just make any sense whatsoever. Because you can only make a car of the year basically after it's about 10 years old, can't you? Because then you know whether it's any good or not. Yeah. Um, so you know, <clears throat> basically, I mean, it, it, this is uh, essentially the, the the real car of the year. Absolutely. What, what's this about funny tweets, by the way? I don't send out funny tweets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sent out a good one yesterday. Uh, did you? <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe the only one I've ever sent out. It was my original draft of the MX-5 Bios Guide. Oh, I was right. commissioned to do many years ago. Yeah. And it was a single word, don't. Don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to say that because obviously yeah. I have now circulated a cover art mm. uh, for the new book, which was designed by Russell, yeah. and he very cleverly kept it for me that there was an MX-5 in the front cover. Yeah, good for him. But it's, it's very nice. It's yeah. an, ex- an excellent piece of work. And if staying there, uh, I did share it with a friend of mine who's got an MX-5, who's been the butt of my jokes for years, Yeah, and he is loving it. He is having a great old time laughing at me. Yeah. And on that, I think we should take a quick break. You're listening to the Bangers and Classics podcast, presented by James Ruppert, the renowned international man of mystery, and David Malloy, a man who couldn't even get an invitation to his own party. Welcome back after that break, and now we're going to talk about this week's banger or classic that sold very well in the 70s, and in fact did very, very well indeed for a time, it's the Vauxhall Chevette. What are your memories of it, James, and what do you reckon to it as a banger or classic? Um... Again, it's uh, what we seem to talk a lot about here are completely disappeared cars. Um, mm. And uh, the Chevette is completely disappeared. I, really, I mean, it probably would have been 1980-something when the, probably the last time I saw one. Uh, I always rather like the design of them, um, you know, this sort of shovel front stuff. Um, you know, it looked sort of very 1970s, which was great. And I think it was uh, uh, sort of Detroit influenced uh, from there, wasn't it? I, I don't, I don't think it. I, I think it was uh, there was quite a lot of opal design in that, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Rather than it being uh, designed anywhere near Luton, so it was the the shape of things to come. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a very good basic little um, uh, sort of car, wasn't it, to uh, run about in? And of course, there was an exciting one. There was the um, HSR uh, version, which you could get, but. Uh, uh, and obviously it was also badged as an opal cadet which you used to see from time to time yeah. i think you could actually still buy opals at that time so you could actually get yourself um yeah uh, a cadet um if uh, if you wanted it 
Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. You know, it had a Viva 1.3 engine, so that was uh, very reliable. But yeah, you just you just don't see them. Obviously, it was uh, very very good because it um, excelled in rally type scenarios. So did, um, yeah. Yeah, it was a very good little car, which you do not see at all. No. I mean, it came along in the mid-70s. Mm. As you say, James, it had the Viva 1256cc engine. And with the exception of the hot versions, that was your lot. Yeah. You could have a 1256cc or you could have a 1256cc. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> the choice was yours. Yeah. But it, it did come with a few flavours. You get two mm. and four-door versions. You had a yeah. saloon. There was a van as well, a Chevan, if okay. you remember. Yeah. That's what they called it, yeah. It was rear wheel drive layout, which mm. did impact on the amount of space, particularly in the boot. So against its rivals, and certainly in the continental Europe, like against the um, 127 or the Renault 5, it didn't really stack up that well. They had more engine options and other goodies like that. But certainly it sold well here. And I believe it was the best selling hatchback in the UK mm. for several years. When you think about it, it just goes to show how daft BL were not bringing in a Chenty Mini. Yeah. Because the, the mm. Chevette cleaned up for several years. And the Innocenti Mini it was, in some ways, a better car, certainly in some ways a more advanced car. But, of course, that was the cooking version of the Chevette. As you had mentioned, you had the hot versions, and your DHS was the 2.3-litre uh, slant four engine, which was quite powerful, uh, particularly for its time. And, you know, uh, some styling tweaks, usually in silver. I think it was invariably in silver. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, I say that, it was invariably. There was a version called, I believe, the HSX, which was black and had a retrimmed interior. But um, I've never seen one of those on the road. But they did exist somewhere. Maybe it was a dealer special or something. That's and then, right. Yeah, later on they brought out the HSR, which had a slightly more powerful engine, I believe, and more aggressive bodywork, uh, which looked terrific. It really did. I mean, it's a really nice-looking little car. Very successful um, in rallying terms at national level. I don't think it really competed much in the World Rally Championship. Perhaps the odd event. But against, you know, the Escorts and the 131s, uh, it wasn't so successful in world terms. I don't think Vauxhall or Opel made a very serious effort to contest a World Rally Championship, but certainly British Championship level, which attracted the best rally drivers in the world, it has to be said. You get likes of Mikola and Vatten and Walter Rohr regularly turning up for events. Um, the Chevette did very well indeed, and uh, particularly in the hands of a chap called Pentia Ricola, if you remember him. Yeah, no, I do. I do remember him. Yeah, uh, he did eventually win a World Championship Rally, but it wasn't in the Chevette. The Chevette, for me, as you say, James, it has gone. I never really liked them that much in the day, if I'm being absolutely honest. It's something about them. I like the hot versions a lot, but I was never so keen on the, the, shall we say, the cooking versions. But the hot versions just tip it for me. It's going to have to go into the classic folder rather than the banger folder. What do you reckon? Well, I do agree with you. At, at the time, um, unless they were the uh, fast ones, uh, they weren't of any interest to uh, a young man. Um, but the brand ambassador uh, for Vauxhall at the time was James Hunt. Um, and so uh, that's reason enough. He must have thought they were good. Um, and I, I always have a picture of him, actually, um, on the uh, editorial page of, of Free Car Mag. I know um, where, where 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 he lives, and uh, I'll probably never get rid of him. But uh, yeah, because of that fact as uh, as well, and all those reasons you stated, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a nailed on classic, isn't it? Hmm, it has to be. Yeah, James Hunt always appears in Free Car Mag. Uh, he also always appears in the Texaco ad as well. He does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Yes, I think you're rather a fan of Mr. Hunt. Oh, I like Mr. Hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he mm. was. Uh, he was. Um, yeah, he was of his time, and uh, and we miss him greatly because at mm. least he at least he had a personality. Oh, certainly did. Yeah, yeah. He, he gets mentioned in the new book. There's a plug for you. Does he? Oh, that's good. There is a question concerning James Hunt. Yeah, mm. uh, I'll tell you one thing about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, latter stage of his life, he had a parrot. Hunt, James Hunt was a big animal lover, which uh, makes him all right in my eyes. Good. Uh, yeah. Apart from the fact he was a great racing driver, yeah. uh, which he was, he was a big animal lover. And one of his collection of animals was a parrot called Humbert. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your viewpoint, Humbert was quite foul-mouthed. And the story goes he got a part in either a play, I think it was a pantomime actually, and he only lasted a day because of his really? language. <laughs> <laughs> James Hunt's parrot got sacked, <laughs> which is wonderful. But he yeah. also he also had a collection of show budgerigars. Yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. and of course, his, his ever-present German Shepherds. In fact, I think one of his German Shepherds, his first one, uh, was the only dog allowed in Langer's Brasserie. Oh, really? And the dog was also allowed in the clubhouse of um, a golf club and apparently uh, it was allowed in because it behaved better than many of the members <laughs> that was a story at the time yeah uh, yes but yes James Hunt was certainly a character he goes back to a long line of sort of eccentrics and uh, just wonderful characters that we had uh, in those days particularly in motor racing you know you had uh, obviously Graham Hill you'd Innes Ireland the name but two should we talk about Christmas because it's getting a bit close James um, yeah it is a bit isn't it yes yeah right. it is that time and of year well, perhaps over the next couple of weeks, we should talk a little bit about Christmas gifts for people. Yeah. Uh, some recommendations. I'm going to kick off with a film. It's from, I think, 1974. It's called The Black Windmill, and it stars Michael Caine. Have you seen it, James? I think I've seen it a long time ago, but um, yeah. you better remind me of the plot. Yeah. He is, I believe, an intelligence chap whose son is kidnapped uh, by a mystery group. And the story plays out from there. The real interest... In the film, apart from the fact that Michael Keynes is usual, very good in it, is it's not even about cars, but you will see something that doesn't exist anymore, and it's something that was quite cool. I think Mr. Ruppert might agree with me on this, and that mm-hmm. thing is the Ramsgate Hoverport. Goodness me. Hovercraft, you know, where and are cool. Um, unfortunately, I never got a lift in that one from the people across the road that I'll keep no. going about. Yep, still rankles, still rankles. As, as a film, it's not overly sophisticated. It tells a story, which is all I really want from a film. Just get on with it. It's quite a good story. It's well acted, and there's a lot of period interest in it. So I'd recommend it. You can, in fact, I believe, still buy it on DVD. So there's one to look out for. So that's one recommendation from me, James. What have you got? Um, well, strangely enough, because it um, started the Land Rover, so, and I'm not being paid to do this, um, but I did get this free. <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, wait. I, did, <laughs> I got this free, but it was very strange. It was, a, I think it was the 2019 um, Auto Car Awards, and everybody who left got a bag. I mean, it's the best bag I've ever got. And I got a NOCO Boost XL. It's one of those brick-shaped things which will start your car. Um, and it did start uh, the lorry this week when it otherwise wouldn't have started. So if you don't have one of these, because also it, you will, you can charge your devices off of it as well. Um, and and it's a torch, so it does everything. And it's quite heavy. So if you didn't like the look of someone, you could knock them around the head with it as well. Um, but I would recommend these uh, things. I used to have a tiny one, uh, which was meant to start a car, and I never believed it ever would. Uh, but this is, um, you know, basically a, a pocket battery, uh, but you need a large pocket to put it in. But um, uh, other 
other bricks shaped like this are available but they're not they're not terribly cheap um, but if your significant other is asking you what you want I think if you had one of these because with older cars as as you know David 99% of the time it's uh, battery problems really uh, you can you can usually fix most things on uh, older cars or uh, get home with them um, but if you but if your battery's a bit flat uh, that's always a problem unless you've got a starting handle um, and I do have actually a ginormous starting handle for the lorry, um, which uh, uh, someone told me that they, uh, when they when they did ha- hand hand crank uh, a Land Rover, they sort of ended up two fields away when they mistimed it. You know, they, they really did throw them <laughs> a long way away. Uh, but yeah, buy one. Yeah, buy one of these self charging bricks, um, uh, which uh, are very good. You know, you can even power your laptop off of it and your phone and do silly things like that but uh to, but to start your car it's probably the best thing you can ever carry around with you um so that sort of got me out of a hole this week that's so what i would recommend so hang on there's popcorn model cars and no charging bricks yeah but a couple of years ago but everybody but everybody got one david i, I wasn't i wasn't singled out i mean i mean those are, i mean those are special but when, when people stop you in the street and give you things that's great you know i prefer i prefer that but when everybody gets it in the same goodie bag when they leave an event um, but i was quite yeah. su- i was quite surprised they even got it but uh, yeah there you go well, people stop me in the street to give me things as well it's usually abu- yeah, it? abuse yeah <laughs> yeah anyway we'll take a break then we'll continue with the christmas theme when we come back this is Bangers and Classics, official podcast of 1985. So we've just been fighting over the last mince pie and Mr. Whippet, I'm afraid to say, got to it first. So he's scoffing away in the background, as you yeah. can probably hear. Um, <laughs> he's finished it now, that's it. He's, yeah. now, he's now heading for the vat of mulled wine. Um, but anyway, getting back to Christmas. Everybody loves prints and T-shirts. So I have a couple of recommendations for you. One is Russell J. Wallace. Uh, who designed the cover of a couple of books I've done and more besides. And the other is Marcus T. Ward, who, again, designed a couple of covers for me. Uh, they are both extremely good illustrators, um, very talented people. And I'll put the links to the uh, addresses up on the Bangers and Classic Twitter page. I would recommend both of them. They really do produce some excellent work. And you're bound to find something there that you like. You know, in fact, you'll probably find so much there you like that uh, you'll empty your bank account on it. In which case, I hope to get a cut of the money, lads. Quite right, too. So, James, uh, talked about prints, etc. Yeah. What have you got for us? What else? Have- well, uh, strangely enough, David, when it, when it comes to practical things, um, uh, I've got I've got a, a Unilite beanie. Um, and the significance of that is actually Kenny sent me that, uh, which well, was very, another- very, very, very nice of him. Um, well, another freebie. <laughs> It could be construed as that, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we do we do exchange gifts, um, you know, at, uh, at certain times of the year. But it was very very nice of uh, Kenny because it sort of changed my life a bit. I, I tell you what, it's it's it, rather than having a torch um, in your mouth or stuck behind your ear, um, having one on on your hat is fantastic. And uh, I've been doing a tiny bit of rewiring. Um, and uh, it's really really helped. And uh, yeah, plus going outside at night. Um, it's transformed what I do, um, uh, especially as actually most of my cars, I've got no internal lights in any of them. None, none, none of them work. They're all completely dark inside. So um, uh, it does help. It's almost like having my own puddle light. So uh, right. so, so instead of, yeah. So, yeah, if you can get uh, a beanie hat with a light, um, it's a fantastic present. Uh, something you could you could have in your stocking present, you know, along with your um, tangerine that's wrapped in silver. Um 
so uh, yeah, it'd be a nice cheap present. Again, ask someone for it or buy it or buy it for yourself. But uh, yeah, thank you very much, Kenny, for that. So uh, um, yeah, I'm completely fueled by free stuff, uh, David, and <laughs> and long and long may that continue. Yeah, you you lucky man, you you lucky oh. man, you. But anyway, there's one thing we haven't mentioned, James. Yeah. What what's that? So books. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, people are bound to want to read over Christmas. Well, you, you, you would hope so, wouldn't you? Um, or colour in or something. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I know that. Um, yeah, your one uh, is on the way and will be out for for Christmas, and it'll mm. be perfect, the perfect uh, book to have uh, when everybody wants to start playing games. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's quite a tricky one. It's, it's the ultimate classic car quiz too. Mm. And it is quite tricky. It's probably a little bit trickier than I perhaps intended to make it, but it is what it is. Yeah. And your book, Bangonomic Saves the World. Well, Bangonomic Saves the World, yeah. I mean, it's a book I keep telling people not to buy because if they've got any of, any of the uh, Bangonomics books, certainly the recent ones, um, I've in a way just squeezed two together. There is some fresh stuff in there, um, but it was mainly because uh, in the Bangonomics diet, uh, you couldn't see the illustrations very well, So, but now you can. Um, and it's just repeating stuff in a way. But I do feel that we are um, in desperate times. And I think we do have to remind people. So this is a good book to buy for a relative who maybe is used to having brand new cars. And you're sort of saying to him, here's a, a green paper, you know, a proposal for how to run the rest of your motoring life. A manifesto even. A manifesto. That's a, that's an even, but that's, that, that's the word I was struggling for there, David. And uh, yeah, it's uh, very much that. So uh, yeah, I'm just repeating stuff. It's uh, you know got a fresh cover and uh, uh, and stuff, and it's just meant to re repackage the ideas. And it's meant for people who uh, have probably missed out on the earlier ones. So if you've got any old bank bangonomics books, you don't need this. But hey, buy it for uh, your uncle or auntie or your or your daft cousin or something like that. Yeah, I've got I've got a copy sitting beside me right now. Have you really? Yeah, it was free. <laughs> yeah, was it? Yeah. How on earth, how on earth did, did did you get that, David? I mean, it's uh, me. I'm very very careful about. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, I was, you know, don't leave the window unlatched in future. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely buy a book. James and I've done several. I mean, a book's a great present for use for all sorts of things. Once you finish reading it. You can give it to a charity shop, or you can just prop up a table leg or something exactly. like that. Exactly, that's right. Or, you know, or if it gets really cold this winter, you could even burn it. I mean, mm. each day I say burning things, so I better not do that. No. But yeah, uh, definitely think of buying a book. And if you if you are in the market for a book, then we can perhaps cover you to, to some degree with that. So we'll move on from there. We'll, we'll come back with some more Christmas suggestions mm. next week. Um, you know, assuming I can afford to stock up more mince pies because James has just scoffed six of them now. Yeah, they were lovely. Um, they were lovely too. It's, yeah, uh, and about two litres of mulled wine, so he's got that down his yeah. gullet as well. It's shocking behaviour, but there we go. We're not doing a challenge this week because we've got sort of different idea, a different spin on it, and that is we're each giving ourselves 10,000 virtual pounds and uh, James probably has got 20,000 because somebody gave him another 10. Yeah. Free of charge. <laughs> and we're looking for cars, just any classic car that catches our eye, no restrictions at all, within a certain budget, and that budget is £10,000. So I've got, I think, quite a good one this week, but I want to hear what you've got, James. Really? I really want you. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, I always have, I do actually have a problem spending that amount of money. Um, strangely enough but um yeah what i've done is uh, i've gone to belgium 
uh, I didn't realise it was in Belgium until I looked more closely at, at the uh, ad- advertisement. Um, and it's uh, 5,950 euros. So uh, mm. I think I'm below the uh, 10K ceiling. Um, yeah. and, it, and it's a Lancia Beta HPE, uh, vol- Volumex even. Supercharger. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's done 62,000 miles. Um, and it just looks like a very tidy, honest car. Uh, when you look through the pictures, though, it's quite funny because uh, you do find at uh, one point towards the end, there is a broom handle holding up the tailgate. So um, obviously the uh, uh, tailgate won't keep itself um, open. So uh, they've stuck a broom in there. But uh, uh, apart from that, it was it's an extremely tidy car. Uh, it would be left-hand drive, of course. Um, but to me, it just looked like tremendous value for money if I was going to buy one. Uh, you know, uh, another car. Um, I think that looks like one that I would be quite happy to own. Yeah, and that is a car that hasn't yet risen in value to its proper level. No, it hasn't, has it? I mean, I, I thought that was incredibly cheap, really. I, mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the Beta HP. I like all of the Beta, so yeah. they're, they're lovely cars. Um, they did, unfortunately, tend to crumble a little bit. Yeah. All cars that year did. They do. But uh, if you can get a good one and keep it good, because you can mm. do that nowadays, things have moved on. They are a fantastic thing to have. They're great driving cars, and they're also great to look at, I think. Yeah. And the, with, with the supercharger, the Volumex uh, will be able to keep up very, very nicely indeed with most modern traffic. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a good choice, James. I'm not Thank sure. Thank you very much. I don't know if I can better that one. I, mm. I've gone in a different direction. Oh. Uh, I had a look, and I came up with a Renault 5 Monaco automatic. Oh, right. mm. Yeah, which looks extremely nice. It's in Durham. You'll find it on the Car and Classic website. Yep. It's a Renault 5 Monaco automatic. It's got an MOT to next June. It's got 50,700 miles or thereby. Uh, it's a 1.4 engine, leather interior, and it looks in stonking condition. Yeah. You'll find that it's not got much of an MOT history because it's been in storage, apparently since 2003 to presumably uh, this year. So 18 years in storage. Seems to be a lot of work down getting it um, prepared for the road again. And the seller lists all the things that have been done to it. I mean, if you just think about this, James, when was the last time you saw a Renault 5, let alone one of those? No, I can't remember, David. No. It's another car that's vanished from my Mm. roads. And they were once so popular. And I'm a big fan of the Renault 5. They're cracking little cars, very practical little cars, good fun to drive. And if you're looking for one, looking for an interesting classic, then there you go. £4,500 will get you that. Goodness me. Um, so we've both saved quite a lot of money on this one, so we so we yeah. put that towards um, uh, another Christmas party, couldn't we? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we can, even, we can sort of spec up the Eamon's pies a bit for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You've got two cars, each of which is very rare. None of them cost a great deal of money. A lot of cars nowadays, as you know, James, are just... Mm. The values have risen uh, to a point where they're no longer affordable by many people. But something like that that Beta HPE Volume X that you saw and the Renault 5 Monaco, Monaco I saw uh, are affordable and they are cracking little cars in their own right. Treat yourself this Christmas to get one of those. Mm. I think on that note, we shall uh, take our leave of this week's podcast. So I'll say thank you very much for listening. Yeah, see you next week, people.